I'm probably not the only one that has experienced a number of emotions this morning. My emotions might be a little different than yours. My tears might be a little different than yours. This afternoon at 2, we will celebrate Bob Anderson's life and examine our own. Uh, as the various songs were sung and the pictures shown, of course, I, I thought of, of some that were not my own but that I buried. And I thought of Blake and I thought of Cedric and Madeline, uh, little babies that went to be with the Lord. So this is an emotional a time for me, and I appreciate your prayers. Been considering what do we really know? What do you really know? I, I, about a, probably two months ago, I, uh, I started a message like this. What do you know? I mean, what do you know? And now I'm back there again, looking at 2021. What do you really know about 2021? What do you really know about COVID-19? What do you really know about masks? What do you really know about vaccines? What do you really know about the variants? What do you really know about the um, stock market? What do you really know about your own health? What do you really know about your calendar for this coming year? What do you really know about the price of gas? What do you really know about your health? No, I don't want to see your rash. Uh, uh, what do you really know about travel restrictions? What do you really know about church restrictions? Uh, now, it, this gets scary as I heard the news this morning driving in. Church restrictions. What do you really know about the weather, the weather forecasts? What do you really know about impeachments? There are a lot of things we think we know something about, but chances are we really don't know that much about a lot of these things, of any of these things. And so I think a fair assessment of 2021 is everything is up in the air. Everything's up in the air. Uh, we say that we meet, the pastors, we meet five of us every uh, Monday morning and every Thursday morning, and it usually takes a couple hours. Uh, we usually reach the conclusion by the time we walk out is that everything's up in the air. <laughs> we don't really know but we do spend time in prayer, and we do want to listen to what the Holy Spirit tells us. And so everything's up in the air, but rather than be distracted by all of the things we don't know, we need to focus on the things we do know. And there are things that we do know. They are, there are things that I call anchors in the wind. Anchors in the wind. When times are turbulent, we need anchors to keep us from blowing away, 
keep us from becoming distracted and keep us from becoming discouraged. Uh, I grew up in, uh, born in South Dakota, lived there for a while, moved to Wyoming, but I spent, I've spent a lot of time watching tumbleweeds, and they're just big thistles that when they, they, their roots give out, they, they no, no longer have roots, and they dry up, and they blow across the prairie, and, and we had a thousand acres there in South Dakota, and we would watch those tumbleweeds, and it could blow from one side of our property clear to the other side of the property if they weren't barbed wire fences, and they would just roll. They would, until they reached a barbed wire fence, and I remember seeing piles of thistles, piles of tumbleweeds, uh, 30 feet high. And it started by snagging up on barbed wire fence. I, I know a little bit about barbed wire fence, and in that when I was in fifth grade, I ran just a single strand. I ran right into it, uh, being chased by my brother. I blame my brother. Uh, uh, but, and ripped it, so uh, an inch and a half tear in my cheek so I could stick my tongue out at the, you know, the, the teacher when she didn't know it. Uh, uh, no, but they had to have it stitched up. But the tumbleweeds would gather on those barbed wire fences, and then sometimes the farmer or rancher would go out there with his ditch burner and go along the bottom of it, light those uh, thistles, and whoosh, and they, were, they would be gone. But we need some anchors in the wind. Where are we going to find those? Things that we know. We are going to find those anchors in one place, and really only in one place. And that's in God's Word. Because we know what is in God's Word is true. All of these other theories and things and science and all, all of these things that we're supposed to uh, use as anchors are proving wrong over and over again. Things we knew for sure now are not. Especially we know they're not if they go contrary to God's word because the anchors are only going to come from God's word and as the Holy Spirit uses God's word to grow us to keep our roots in the ground so we're not blowing across the prairie. They are anchors in God's word. That, thus the Leviathan. This is the Leviathan found in Job. This is scriptural. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is the Leviathan. This is a kite. Uh, I'm not a kiteologist, so I don't know a lot about kites. But a kite needs an anchor. Otherwise, it's a tumbleweed. Otherwise, it's against a barbed wire fence. We need anchors. They're all going to come from God's Word. Uh, you give me an anchor, and if, if it's not coming from God's Word... I'm not going to rely upon that anchor. Four anchors, I was thinking, okay, after Christmas, after Christ came, after Christ's birthday, what are some anchors? What anchors did Christ bring with him when he came? Luke chapter 2. What are some anchors after Christmas? What are some anchors after Luke 2, 1 through 24? 
And so I want to just four anchors out of thousands that we have in God's Word. Four anchors, four words, and maybe you'll remember one of these four. Four words, promises, patience, praise, pain. Four words, four anchors. Believe God's promises. Believe them. If God says it is true, Simeon believed God's promises. God's promise to Simeon was, you will not die until you see the Messiah, the consolation of Israel. You will not die. This is a promise, Simeon. He believed it. I uh, found a little book in my, my office, and I, I go through this every now and then. 199 promises from God's Word. Now, this isn't all the promises there is in God's Word. This is just a few of the promises. We have thousands of promises, and every promise can be an anchor and should be an anchor once we find them. I, I hope that, that you are looking for anchors when you read God's Word. Uh, Nancy Lita Moss, uh, Volgamuth, uh, said... This week sometime, uh, she said, my husband, her new husband, my husband reminds me often to spend time at the throne before time on your phone. And it's not talking about the porcelain throne, it's talking about the throne of God. Spend time at the throne of God before you spend time on your phone. That's what he reminds me. I think it's a good thing. Uh, because it's, it's, in, uh, it's at the throne of God or in God's Word, I hope that you read your Bible, and this is something that I didn't always do in the past, but something I, I do now is I take my pen when I open my Bible for my Bible reading, and I hold this pen. Why? Because it's a reminder that there are some anchors in here that, that are going to be important for me to remember. So I'm going to underline them. And so I deliberately look for them. Otherwise, I get to the end of my Bible reading, and I, I don't know what I read. And so uh, grab some anchors. Grab some promises from God's Word. This promise that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah is given to Simeon, not, not to us. Not every promise in the Bible is for, uh, for you. Uh, God did not... Uh, God promised Hannah that she would have a baby, a son, before the year was out. That promise was not given to me. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, the reason I say that is because uh, I've heard that having a baby is like a side ache, right? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> Uh, I, I know that <laughs> that bothers Cindy, you know. Oh, man. Oh, man, I think I'm having a baby. Uh, no, no, you're not. No, you're not. Uh, it is much worse than that. Uh, so, so I say, thank you, Jesus, that this promise to Hannah was not to me. There are lots of promises that are not given to me. They're given to Israel, or they're given to the Hannahs, or they're given to the Simeons that say, you're going to see the Messiah before you die. Now, that promise not given to me, not given to Bob Anderson, not given to Dick Dean, 
not given to Rachel Nordmans, not given to Jean Mutterman. It was given to Simeon. But there are thousands of promises given to me. And I can believe them just as much as Simeon could believe the promise that was given to him. Thousands. But I will never benefit from those promises if I don't recognize those promises. How many blessings has God given me and I haven't recognized them? And so I don't benefit from those blessings and I fail to say, thank you, Jesus, because of that. If, if you don't believe it, we need to act like we believe it. Do you really believe the promises of God? Then why do you worry? Why do I worry? Why do I fear? Why do I get angry? Because of unbelief. Unbelief. Simeon believed the promises. Do I believe those promises? If I do, it will change my life. And it will change your life if you really believe what God promises us. When... We, we, we were living in an apartment, downtown Minneapolis. We were caretaking this apartment complex. And in that complex, Cindy and I met a lady who uh, they had adopted a, a little a baby, a, a child, a child, not a baby. They adopted a child. This child, as she was talking about this child, was saying this child would hide, would sneak food off of the table and hide it in their dresser drawer, in her dresser drawer behind her socks or whatever. And so she was forever cleaning out her, uh, the drawer and taking out the food. Now, why was she hiding it? Because she didn't believe the promise that her new mom and dad were going to take care of her and going to give her food every day. And her uh, way of survival uh, was in the past had been, you get some food, you hide it. And we've heard of some of that even here in, in Brainerd and some of the parents that we know that have adopted. That's one of the things they go through. And Seth and Crystal, a little bit with Mia there, uh, uh, they, they wondered why as they would give her food, she just kept eating and eating. And she would eat until she was uncomfortable because of all she would eat. And they figured out it was because food was a reward in the, in the orphanage. And she didn't know if she had to be rewarded tomorrow, so she would take that food and, and eat it all today. And so one of the things they are working through with Mia there in Spain, how many of you have ever felt that God doesn't love you or God doesn't care for you? That's a lie, you know. If you really believe it, you're believing a lie. Simeon believed that even when God was silent for a nation, to a nation for 400 years, he still talked to those that loved him. And he believed God. He believed him. We, a first anchor, is belief. Some of God's promises, we may not understand all of it. There are plenty of promises that, that I might not understand. But there are plenty that I do understand, that I need to live like I believe them. We need to live. They're crystal clear. You know that we have the promise of eternal life, don't you? 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believeth on him and the work that he did upon the cross shall not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. Because God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved eternally. We have been promised eternal life if we trust the Savior, Jesus Christ. We've been promised his eternal presence. Lo, I am with you always, always, always. Do you believe it? Or do we worry and fret? We've uh, been promised his uh, supernatural power. And the power will come upon you after the Holy Spirit uh, comes uh, into you. And ye shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria unto the uttermost parts of the world because you have my supernatural power. You have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit with you forever. Eternal presence, supernatural power, daily provision. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. But do we believe it? And we might say, no, you're Norwegian, so you go. (laughs) And that's okay. That's that's good for a Norwegian. Um, uh, But we say, yeah, 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 we believe it, we believe it. But do we live like we believe it? If we really live like we believe it, I, begin, I think we're, we would begin to be attractive to those that are looking for some anchors because their lives are in turmoil and, uh, and they have nowhere to turn unless they see someone who is actually living by the anchors that God gives us. You know, Simeon got to see Jesus, got to see the Messiah. And not only that, he got to hold him. I mean, that's a a plus. He got to hold God in flesh. Wow. I love to hold babies. You know, I I love to introduce babies like Boaz and and the others now. I, I, I love to do that. I love to hold our own. As as we had our babies, I I love to hold the babies. I love to take care of the babies. I love to uh, take care of their messies. I mean, for a kid who grew up on a ranch uh, and thought walking through the corral barefoot was good, it was fun, because it warmed my toes, you know. Uh, I love babies. Uh, my, My kids knew, learned how to fly before they could walk, every one of them. You know, and most of the time we caught them. Um, And only once was I reported, and that was, we were downtown Minneapolis, walking by a high rise, and crossed over the street in front of a restaurant, big windows, and Heather was in a, we had her in a little umbrella stroller, she got tired of carrying her little doll, and so Dad had to carry the doll. So I was carrying the doll like it was a baby, and uh, 
like I was supposed to, and then I started to toss this doll up in the air. And by the time we got to that restaurant, that baby was 20 feet in the air. <laughs> and uh, uh, the, the police did let me out uh, shortly after that. But I love babies. He got to hold the Son of God. Wow. So not only because of his belief, not only get to, did he get to see the Messiah, the comfort of Israel, consolation of it, the comfort that would come to Israel and would come to all man that would place their faith in him. Uh, he got a bonus. He got to hug the baby Jesus, God in flesh. God's promise was to Simeon, and, God, and Simeon believed it. His uh, promise, uh, he, it was unconditional. He didn't have to earn the right to hold Jesus. He didn't have to beg for it. He just received it as a gift, and God gave it to him. He believed it as a promise. So the first word is promise. That's an anchor, a great anchor for us. We need to claim it. We need to cling to it. We need to have an anchor in the wind. The second word, patience. Twenty verses twenty-five, verse twenty-nine. We, we just we've already read these. Uh, he was a he, he waited for it. verse twenty-nine. The Lord now. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. He had waited all of his life, uh, patiently waited to see the consolation, the comfort of Israel. Uh, Simeon waited until the end of his life. We are not naturally patient, are we? And yet that is an anchor. If we are impatient, then know that we are not anchored well. If we are patient, then that can be an indication we are anchored well. We are not patient when we think that it, uh, when it takes three minutes to go through the drive-thru uh, before we get our food and can finally eat lunch. Three minutes, wow. Uh, I think I lost a calorie or something, and I might have lost a little bit of weight. I'm going to have to replenish it with the onion rings and the french fries or whatever. Uh, patience, though, is an anchor, an indication of an anchor, because we are not naturally patient people. We have to be supernaturally patient. What did Simeon do while he waited for this comfort? He didn't just sit and wait until the Holy Spirit told him to get to the, the temple. No, he lived his life for God. What does it say about him? He was a just man. Here, and devout, verse 25. The same man was a just man. What does that mean? He acted righteously, uh, godly, properly before men. He was a testimony to those around him. He was just. He was an example. As we wait patiently for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, we ought to be just men and women and boys and girls living properly. He wasn't a hypocrite. He wasn't two-faced. He wasn't manipulative. He was just. 
And he was devout. He was God-centered, focused on God. In planning for his future, it was God. In planning for your future, what is it? Now, I, I, I know it could be all kinds of different uh, jobs and vocations and stuff, but everyone ought to be God-centered some way. I mean, if you're uh, cooking burgers at Burger King, it ought to be God-centered. You ought to be the best at it. You ought to be a testimony to those around you because you're just and you're devout. Uh, Simeon studied the scripture. He knew about the Messiah. And so when the Holy Spirit, Spirit told him about the Messiah, he knew who the Messiah was. And he studied scripture. He was looking for the Messiah. Are you looking for the return of Jesus Christ? I, I hope so. I hope that sometime this week you say, Lord, come today. I hope that maybe every morning you say, Lord, this would be a great day for you to come. Come and, and take, take us away from here. It gave Simeon something to look forward to when he was growing old. Otherwise, we just grow old. If we don't have anything to look forward to, we just grow old, cranky, crotchety uh, old men, you know, or old women. Uh, finding ways to annoy people unless we are looking for the Messiah. It gives us hope as we get old. It gives us hope as we say goodbye to those that we need to say goodbye to. Like Bob this afternoon, as we say our goodbyes, it gives us hope. While Simeon waited, he walked with the Holy Spirit. Verse 26. And the Holy Spirit gave him hope. You're not going to see death before you've seen the Lord's, the Lord's Christ, verse 26. It gave him hope. It gave him direction. Go to the temple. He came, verse 27, he came by the Spirit into the temple. Oh, it gave him direction. He knew to go to the temple that day. The Holy Spirit wants to give us direction, but we've got to listen when he does, but often we are dis, uh, distracted by other things, and we get distressed, and we miss what the Holy Spirit has to say to us. He went to the temple even though there were good reasons why not to go to the temple. There's always good reasons. There, there are good reasons not to go to church. Now, sometimes there are good reasons, but uh, he had plenty of Good reasons not to go to the temple that day. What were they? The priests were corrupt. The preachers were corrupt. Well, how do we know? Because Jesus, <laughs> he's a baby at this time, and they didn't get any better before he became a man, and he said, you guys, you're whited sepulchers. You're whitewashed on the outside, but you're filled with dead men's bones. That was not a compliment to those religious people. So he could have stayed, he could have said, the temple's filled with hypocrites. How often have you used that excuse for not coming to church? <laughs> because we're filled with hypocrites, aren't we? 
Every one of us is a hypocrite to some degree in that we want to look better than we really are. And, uh, but uh, Simeon still went to the temple. He could have said there, it's filled with insincere, insincere worshipers, yes. There are some Sundays where I'm an insincere worshiper, and probably the same for you. They're just filled with traditions of men. The temple was filled with a lot of traditions. Some good ones, some bad ones. Some godly, some ungodly traditions. Just like a church. But he was patient, waited, and did what the Holy Spirit told him to do while he waited. So two words. One is, the first one is uh, promises then patience, and then praise. And verse 28, he praised God. Verse 30 through 34, uh, 34, he's talking about uh, Jesus, the Messiah. Uh, That's where I might say, hey, go, let's go and do likewise. He understood that Jesus came to to, uh, save all men, Gentiles as well. That's our missions program, but Jesus is the comforter. Have you experienced him? He has delivered us from our sin because we are sinners, all of us. He's delivered us from our guilt. The iniquity was laid upon him. The iniquity of us all was laid upon Jesus in Isaiah. Uh, He saved us. He delivered us from death. 1 Corinthians 15, he delivered us from Satan, Satan's power. And so we ought to be saying, thank you, Jesus, because... In praise every day, all the time. I hope you you catch the little uh, the little hugs that he's giving you. I I hope that I do. I hope I'm beginning to catch them. A light turns green, and I say thank you, Jesus. Just at you know, just at the right time, a light turns red. I say thank you, Jesus. I get to sit here and listen to the end of the song. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, praise him. I, I think that's Simeon here. He's just saying, thank you, Jesus. And you could read those verses, and he's talking about Jesus. The last anchor is pain. Pain happens. Now, we know that. Pain happens just by getting old. Pain happens. We start to creak and snap, crackle, and pop. And uh, Simeon is like he's saying, now, now I get to go. Now I can leave. Uh, I have seen the consolation of Israel. Now I can, uh, I, you can take me home, Lord. You can take, I can depart in peace because he's been living in a, an old tent or an old body and he's ready to die. We go into verse 36, Anna is old, but he's, she's experiencing emotional pain. She's a woman of great age. Married only seven years and then became a widow for many, many years. No children. Emotional pain. Could have felt that God had deserted her, but she didn't. She served God night and day, verse 37. Mary, the mother of the Messiah, would experience pain. A sword will pierce through your heart. I believe that happened as she stood at the foot of the cross and watched her son be crucified. When everything is up in the air, 
like it is in 2021, you can be blown away or you can have anchors that will keep you. Promises of God, patience, praise, pain. This year, 2021, be a kite. Now, like I said before, kites, and I've seen kites, go so high that I've lost sight of the kite. If it has an anchor, it's drawn skyward, heavenward, right? Get some anchors that will draw you heavenward. Maybe to the point where one day the Lord just snatches your kite right out of heaven and you get to be with him. Cut the string, it becomes a tumbleweed, it will wind up in a barbed wire fence. Really, the choice is ours. The choice is yours. Let's pray. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you have no anchor because you don't have the promise of sins forgiven. You need that. You'll never be able to come into the presence of God unless you've had your sins forgiven by a loving God. Your sins are forgiven when you come to Jesus and you ask him to forgive you and save you. Then he becomes your savior. And he saves you from eternal destiny in a literal hell. If you have not done that, you have no anchors at all. There is not a promise in God's word except for the promise that if you reject the Lord Jesus, there will come a day of judgment and you will be judged. So either you will accept the judgment that God poured out upon his son Jesus or you will experience your own judgment. It is up to you. You can do that where you're sitting, but if you do, I pray, I'm asking that you might let me know or let somebody know that you placed your faith in Jesus Christ today. Lord, my prayer for the majority of this church family is that we might be so grounded, so anchored in your word that when the turmoil of this next year comes along, we will stay grounded and just soar higher and closer to you each day. And I'm asking this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.